Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, April 10th, 2020. Good Friday, the Friday before Easter. So, I bring you good news today. At least, I've chosen to call it good. The news is virus all the time. All news is virus news. This is the 21st day of quarantine for the Castle family. It's been 21 days since we met another human being face-to-face And since we shook hands with someone, we are allowed out once per day for exercise, usually a brisk walk around our neighborhood while giving all other walkers a wide berth. The family daughter, stuck on a small island at the bottom of the world, managed to survive a Category 5 cyclone that ravaged her island, but she and her husband are currently in cleanup mode. So for that, we are grateful. There's good news coming from America other parts of the world as declining infection and death numbers indicate we are at least starting to turn the corner. The estimated death projection for the United States have been revised downward to 60,000. Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York reports that there has been a drop in the infection rate and in the rate of fatalities in New York. President Trump said we are starting to see light. At the end of the tunnel, international hotspots such as Italy and Spain are also seeing a decline in infections and fatalities. Austria and Denmark have announced that they will lift the quarantine orders and go back to work April 14th. So is the worst really behind us? Is the virus losing the war and on the verge of surrender when the Spanish flu epidemic hit some 100 years ago? We just let nature take its course. But with COVID-19, we declared war. We're still fighting that war. We realize that we are not immortal. And living each day comes certain risk. In the words of Jim Morrison, we are not getting out of here alive. Jim recognized his own mortality. He knew that each day carries a risk of death. Perhaps if we examine the numbers I'm about to give you, we will come to understand that this virus is not as scary as we once thought. According to Dr. Gabriela Segura, who has practiced infectious disease medicine in both Italy and Spain, there is something more than MECI in those numbers we read about each day. She said that we must assume that the number of asymptomatic people is much higher than the number of people actually sick. If that is the case, then the case fatality rate is much lower percentage-wise that is being reported. She says further that if a hospital death certificate has the medical code for the virus on it, then the patient died from the virus, even if the virus is not the actual cause of death. 87% of deaths in Italy are those over 70 years of age, which happens in any flu season. The average age of death in Italy is 80.3 years, most had three or more serious underlying health conditions for which they were taking medication. Back to America for just a moment, the CDC admits that the tests sent to the states are flawed. Did you hear that, folks? Flawed. That is not a conspiracy theory. They admit it, and coupled with the tendency of governments to hide real information, it's very difficult to believe the official version of anything having to do with this virus. On March 24th, the CDC sent a notice to hospitals to list COVID-19 as a cause of death regardless of 
what the patient actually dies of. As long as there is a positive test, that's the cause of death. A positive test does not necessarily even identify the virus, but it notes a positive reaction in the body to certain stress, fear, radiation, or other disease. If that's true, it's the cause. If there's a positive test, that's the cause. Wait a minute, folks. You're telling me that no matter what killed the patient, if there was a positive of the admittedly flawed test, the virus was listed cause of death. Yes, that's exactly what I'm telling you. But more importantly, that's what the CDC is telling you. Hospitals in America are being reimbursed for uninsured patients who test positive. So coincidentally, a lot of them do. Hospitals are also a little quicker than normal to ask uninsured patients and their families to sign do not resuscitate forms, which tends to inflate the death rate. Many of the other problems that were going, that were going on at the start of this contagion still exist. Drug overdose, drug addiction, opioid addiction, all continue unabated, but if there is a positive test, when that person is hospitalized, then that's the cause. Back to Europe for a moment where we learned that the Spanish soccer coach, age 21, who became international news because he was a young athlete but died of COVID-19, it turns out he also had leukemia, which made him vulnerable to the virus in Italy. The president of civil protection said that any death after a positive test was listed as from the virus. He said many of the numbers were just normal mortality rates. All people who die in Italian hospitals after a positive test die from the virus. The numbers, according to this man, are hugely inflated by as much as 88%, he says. Dr. Sukarit Bogdi, world-renowned physician in the field of medical microbiology, says that northern Italy suffers from extreme air pollution, just like Wuhan, China, which makes lungs more susceptible to the virus. He doesn't believe the official numbers either. He points out that only 0.8%, that's eight-tenths of 1%, of those who have died in Italy had no other illnesses. But if they have a positive test, that's the cause. Over 75% had high blood pressure, 35% diabetes, 33% had heart disease, and many other things. In the U.S., the annual death rate for the general public is 0.9% or just under 1 in 100. Those in Italy with no underlying illness, 0.8%, therefore, no threat at all in terms of mortality, this man says. He says the numbers are wrong. They're dangerously misleading. He described the worldwide lockdown as collective suicide. Dr. Ron Paul, always concerned with our liberty, said that much of the hysteria is being generated by mainstream media that has long prioritized sensationalism over investigating and reporting the truth. He went on to say that stay-at-home orders represent de facto martial law and the practice of blaming every death on the virus could help explain the mysterious drop in pneumonia deaths this year, pneumonia Deaths are running 1,000 per week less than last year. Tyranny, it seems, does hitch a ride on the virus sometimes as a way of entering our lives. The tyrannical use it as an excuse to indulge in the behavior they want. 
the young man on the paddleboard in the surf off Malibu, California, could be exhibit number one. He was just paddling in the surf, not close to anyone, not harming anyone, but he was arrested for violating the stay-at-home order. Pastors in Louisiana and Florida have been arrested for refusal to cancel their services. People cower in their homes since any deviation from official propaganda might trigger scrutiny from officials or even neighbors. A loss of whatever liberty remains in some jurisdictions. Outdoor recreation has been banned. Apparently that means tending to a garden. I mean, we wouldn't want people to gain some degree of independence by raising their own garden, would we? Some states, such as Maryland and Vermont, ban the sale of seeds and garden tools as non-essential. Meat packing plants are being forced to close so local meat cannot be delivered to consumers. The same for true for dairy farmers. In the meantime, the UN says the world risks a global food crisis due to the supply chain disruption. Demand for food in the U.S. has actually increased due to the virus. My sister pointed out to me that since people can't eat in restaurants anymore, they're buying more from grocery stores. Perhaps she's right, at least partially right. In Italy, armed police have been deployed to supermarkets to prevent theft, looting, and rioting. The theft the threat of violence is used to enforce social distancing. Sometimes all this will pass, but my guess is the scars of all this will remain long after the virus. There are a lot of dominoes falling around the world as a result of what the government has ordered us to do based on possibly bogus numbers. Whole industries have been destroyed, and who knows which ones will be able to come back at full strength. The cruise industry, for example, is a symbol of globalism and a global world. There are more than 250 cruise ships worldwide with over 450,000 employees. That industry is dead broke and is not likely to get a federal bailout because hardly any of its employees are American. The ships pay only 8% tax compared to 21% for other large businesses, so the official recreation of the global economy is probably gone. The illusion of capital that doesn't really exist may be gone with it. The dominoes are interconnected, so cruising affects airlines and other transportation. Fuel sales, resorts, alcohol, all affected by the cruise industry. 9.9 million unemployed in two weeks. Nothing like that has ever happened before in history. Last year in Hollywood. One year ago last week, box office sales were $204 million. This year, for the same week, $5,179. As the dominoes fall, multiply that by millions. You can start to see the problem. How will people live? We all want to know. Consumer confidence is plummeting at an ever-increasing rate, but we're told to sit tight. Just sit tight. The Fed will save us. One other important domino rapidly falling is the American oil and gas industry. America worked very hard to develop its independent oil and gas companies in order to gain energy independence from OPEC. Many contributed to the effort, but much of it came with Rick Perry as governor of Texas and then Secretary of Energy, I saw an interview with him the other day. He said that if we lose the 59 independents, all we will have left are the five giants, and we will be subject 
to the Saudis and other OPEC states once again and will have to start all over. He suggested that in order for American refineries to refine only American oil for a while would go a long way to help writing Whiting Petroleum, Whiting Petroleum produced 125,500 barrels per day last year. It lost $70 million doing that, filed for bankruptcy protection from billions of dollars in debt. 56 other independents are in the same position. Energy affects everything, everything in the pipeline from food to trucking to gasoline and heating, oil prices for Canada. Texas are so low right now that companies producing it are a long way from profitable. Profitability is the difference between $20 per barrel of oil and $50 per barrel of oil. Let's, let's turn our attention back to the subject of the plague for a moment, the virus. If you add up all the dead from all the wars in human history, compare that to the Black Death of the 1600s, the Spanish flu of 1918, and the virus of today, you will see that plague has perhaps affected human history more than even war. Now the two are sometimes combined to intentionally destroy humanity and its economic prosperity. Our current virus doesn't seem to care much about identity politics, which is a very unusual thing today. However, it seems to be in the beginning of triggering an intergenerational conflict based on whether we should go back to work and sacrifice the elderly or stay home and sacrifice the economic chances of the young. The virus, spreading exponentially, allows more and more control over public activities and movements. The higher the death count, the more the public begs for relief. Pandemic and economic collapse feed off each other, make each other more dangerous. When people are afraid, they will sacrifice their freedom to those who promise safety Extended lockdowns of the length being recommended by some people would mean impoverishment on a mass scale, the end of the hopes, dreams, and aspirations of millions of people as well as the end of their businesses. Lunatics want these things, but no one else does. Let's turn in conclusion back to Dr. Fauci, who, as you know, served on the President's Commission and normally speaks at the daily press conferences. Dr. Fauci said that he recommends staying in lockdown until there are no new cases and no deaths. Well, folks, that could be a very long time considering how the numbers are calculated. I noticed that Dr. Fauci once served on Bill Gates' vaccine council. So let's look at some of the words from Mr. Gates as well. He recommends an immediate mandatory shutdown, including stay-at-home orders. He's spoken with experts, he said. Translation, well, people like him, I guess. People can travel freely across state lines, and that's a recipe for disaster, according to Mr. Gates. Start now building factories where the vaccine will be made when it's available. Stay in lockdown until the vaccine is available to every human being on Earth. I will add to Mr. Gates' words that that means every human on earth would then have to have Mr. Gates' digital certificate. He has also said that mass gatherings, sports events, concerts, etc., might not be allowed to return ever until everyone on earth is vaccinated. I guess that means if we want to go to a football game, we must take Mr. Gates' vaccine and wear his digital mark for the rest of our lives, in my opinion. 
Mr. Gates, that's a pretty radical solution to a problem that may be almost totally based on bogus numbers. It would, however, allow all sorts of apocalyptic scenarios since human behavior could be tracked and controlled by people like you, Mr. Bill Gates. Finally, folks, when the virus is finally surrendered, do we get our rights back? Will the Constitution be restored to us? The more I examine this virus and the lockdown solution, the more it resembles the reasons always given for the bogus wars we fight. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.